0: You're listening to the Comic Book Informer Podcast with Vincent Raj, a podcast for everyone from comic nerds to comic noobs. You know who you are. Now here's your host, Vince.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to issue 251 of the Comic Book Informer podcast coming to you on February 23rd. Sorry about last week. I was in the midst of a pretty nasty cold and, well, I want to say part of me was willing, but no, I was not even all <laughs> any point was I was I uh, up to it. But uh, how you doing this week, Raj? I'm
0: not going to lie. You sound even better today than you did yesterday. <laughs> That's how much this is clearing up for you, obviously.
1: Yeah, I've got some uh, good cough medicine that's holding off the last bit of it for me. Awesome. So are you ready? For for the rebirth. Oh hmm. F-
0: <laughs> 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 no bicycle horn required there, but because <laughs> it's not a reboot. And it was like, give me a break. Of- of course it's a reboot. It's the rebirth it's the very definition. You're starting from scratch. Come on, people. <laughs> oh you guys. Now that being yeah. said, the idea of scrapping a lot of right now what we don't like, I'm already right with. I gotta tell you honestly, as much as I hate the idea of reboots all the time, this is one of those well, we're not enjoying a lot of the crap that's in there right now, so sure, why not? But what are the chances we're going to enjoy a lot of the crap after this? I'm going to go, oh man, I, I didn't actually look at who was writing everything either. I don't know if they uh, Because that. they
1: haven't announced any okay. of that yet. Okay. They just said, here's the comics. We'll tell you who's making them when we figure that out. Oh, man. I,
0: you would think that based off of, again, the, the fact that, A, they're doing this, the fact that they have – rebooted now quite a few times over the last few years in one way or another that maybe someone is like hey why don't we bring in a whole bunch of new creative teams as well why don't we try some brand new writers and 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 artists and whatnot and see what comes of that that'd be cool that'd be that's the rebirth that I'd be excited for when we Mm -hmm. can expect something really quite different than what has been the norm for the last few years.
1: they tried that with DCU when they launched, you know, Cyborg and Midnighter and, uh, you know, then they revamped Batgirl. And I mean, I appreciate a lot of what they did. I mean, granted, I didn't like much of it, but also apparently it's been selling terribly. So if anything, if you ask me, they're retracing back to like, early days of New 52 of the same old tired people doing the same crap. Because like, yeah, especially when you hear what Jeff Johns was saying about this, his quote is, if you looked at Green Lantern rebirth or the flash rebirth, absolutely. It's targeted to fans who have read a lot of comics who have as many comics as me, but at the same time, people can pick it up and there's enough in Green Lantern rebirth for someone to pick it up who has never read Green Lantern and understand what's happening. With DC Universe Rebirth, it's the same thing. If you have, like me, long boxes of DC comics, you'll be very happy. If you'd never read a DC comic before, you won't be lost. This is definitely for comic book readers more than it is for casual readers, just like Green Lantern Rebirth. But that doesn't mean it's exclusive of them. Either. That quote pisses me off <laughs> because he quite clearly delineates... There's a difference between casual readers and actual comic book readers and that is 100%. Bleep.
0: Well, it's not just that. It's this idea of it's fan service for the longtime fans, but new readers will be able to pick up on it too. You kind of can't have your cake and eat it too as it pertains to this type of scenario. It's either going to contain a lot of information that longtime readers will be able to to understand and grasp or it's going to be something that is so vague that new readers will be able to appreciate. Again, it's one of those where you can't really have it both ways.
1: I mean, let's call it what it is. They want to go back to their core fan base of old straight white dudes, which, on one hand, smart business, because, well, those people tend to spend a lot of money on comics short term. But, at you know, theoretically, at the expense of... What they had in a growing, smaller, more casual audience. I mean, it's very short-sighted, if you ask me. And it's, and it, I don't even want to say I'm reading too much into it because that is 100% what that quote reads like to me. That they're going back to, you know, their real fans, their their comic book fans, and you know, the casual fans. Well, you know what? You, you'll still be there. You might not still be there. We don't really care, is what it reads like to me.
0: I disagree with you in terms of that it's the old white dudes that have the money to be able to buy them. I kind of disagree, especially with where things have gone with comics like Ms. Marvel on, on the Marvel side and that there are a, a hell of a lot more women buying comics
1: now as well. Let I, alone minority. I, I'm not disagreeing with you. So I'm I, just saying, if you're looking at the, the heavy volume bulk purchasers, I, as much as I love the Ms. Marvel fans and all of the, all of the uh, the the newer fans that have come into comics over the last couple of years I still don't think that at least from DC's point of view that's where their money lies I'm not saying they're right I'm just saying their perception isn't that
0: yeah okay yeah if you're saying that's what they believe then I might be inclined to believe to to agree that that's their misguided perception I mean I mean look at what they're writing too and oftentimes it is writing that's geared towards that demographic as well. And not often enough branching out to include a, a lot of be it minorities or women or, or what have you. So yeah, no, in that regard. Yeah. I,
1: and especially when you look at the is. lineup, like this is the most basic ass lineup you could yeah. think of. If you had to do a relaunch for DC, uh, you were looking at Aquaman, Batman, flash, green arrow, green lanterns, plural Superman, wonder woman, Action Comics and Detective Comics, returning to their original numbering, because God. Uh, Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps, Justice League, Nightwing, Batgirl, Batgirl and the Birds of Prey, Hellblazer, Red Hood and the Outlaws, because that worked out so well the last couple to rise. The Superman, odd. Uh, Titans, Cyborg, Deathstroke, Harley Quinn, Justice League of America, Suicide Squad, Batman Beyond, Blue Beetle, Earth 2, Gotham Academy, Supergirl, Superwoman, Super Sons, whatever that is, Teen Titans, and Trinity. That is like the most basic-ass, uninteresting lineup DC could have come up with for me.
0: Well, it's all their core players, and then branching out from there. There's not a lot that's actually new and innovative. Mm -hmm. So, no. I I I thought the same thing when I was reading it. I was going, well, this is what's the point of a rebirth if you're going to give us the same comics again mm-hmm. as what was there what has continually
1: been there kind of thing uh, and right. then just looking through it like look at you know female led comics you have Wonder Woman you have the Batgirl and the Birds of Prey comic okay uh, Harley Supergirl and Superwoman what about Trinity Trinity I'm assuming is going to be like a Batman Superman Wonder Woman oh, ensemble that's what you're thinking. okay I mean, that would be my best guess. And then minority led comics. Maybe Green Lanterns, depending on how much how or uh, not how Jon Stewart plays into that. Um, Is there a cyborg? Yeah. Yeah. And maybe Blue Beetle because they showed off an image that uh, with Ted Kord and Jaime Reyes both together. Uh, But. Yeah, that's, that's all I got. So it's it, it and we've been praising them lately too because they've been doing some good stuff and they've been trying to branch out. Maybe they looked at the numbers and maybe it didn't work, but I also don't think they've given it enough of a chance to see if the numbers are playing out. Like, I mean, especially if you're branching into directions your company has never pushed before, it's going to take a little bit of time to see returns on that and We've seen DC has had a very short leash on canceling their comics before they even have a chance to succeed in a lot of cases.
0: I agree. And I think that instead of doing something like this, because they're not willing to take the risk of inserting in a a lot of be it minority led comics or or gender, whatever, I, I think that what would be more intelligent is introducing um, those comics along with their regular line but like you're saying give it a freaking chance and more importantly put it in the hands of good creators i've said that time and time again you can't just put it in the hands of creators that just are not talented enough with it that and then say well we tried and and it doesn't mean that just because one creative team has not succeeded with it that you just then scrap the project give it to another creative team let somebody else have a shot at it and see what they can do with it there's a lot of
1: options that i don't feel are on the table when they're coming up with these ideas Mm -hmm. and then what makes this even worse for me is more than half of this line is shipping twice a month yeah like i i mean certain comics can ship twice a month like you look i mean spider-man it's not on twice a month schedule like regularly, but I think we get on average three issues every two months, maybe slightly more people than that. You know, some of the the lead X-Men comics or Guardians, you know, they're on more than a five-week schedule, let's put it that way. But are you really telling me Deathstroke is going to do well twice a month? That comic sucked the first time they tried and canceled it, and I'm pretty sure the second time they tried and canceled it, so unless you have like a superstar creator that's coming in and doing something amazing with one of the most generic characters they have to offer, like twice a month on a Deathstroke comic, Cyborg? I I I don't know what they're doing here.
0: Part of the problem that I think with that schedule too is that it's gonna do the same thing that what we're seeing with the uh the, the the issues for Marvel that are more than once a month, wherein if you want to keep up with what is going on, mm-hmm. invariably it's going to cost you more money. And to me it comes off almost as trying to gouge your audience. It's like I
1: don't And they're making it. such a huge deal out of they they're going back to that whole all comics are going to be 2.99. Right, first of all, let's see how long that lasts this time. Second of all, it kind of doesn't count when most of them are being shipped twice a month. Yeah, 2.99, whoop de doo. Again, you're 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 you're
0: saying from your your loyal readers well, it, it, they, they're trying to pass it off as, hey, this is a gift for you, mm-hmm. whereas it's much more a, hey, if you want to keep up or know what the hell is going with us, you're now giving us a hell of a lot more money. And I I, I don't like that. I don't it, – it, it irks me.
1: The best part of all this for me, Dan Dio, who I just can't stand the guy. I'm just flat out say it. I think he's terrible as an executive. He's terrible as a writer. He doesn't know what's good for comics in the year 2016. Has come out to say that as part of this rebirth, I think they, it might have been the the actual rebirth one shot or one of the you know the, the big number ones is going to have the most controversial scene of his tenure at DC. This is a tenure that includes Identity Crisis, Red Hood and the Outlaws, numerous horrible, horrible, air quotes, controversial scenes, and this is something he wants to hang his hat on. I, like, they're trying really hard for me not to want to read any of this. Yeah. Let's talk about some Marvel stuff then. Because I'm shocked we've made it this far and haven't talked about Old Man Logan yet. I figured oh, it would have come up on what issues. we're reading. I thought for sure it was going to come up on our episode with Marty. It was on my list. I just didn't get to it. I figured you would get to it because it's a Wolverine comic. It's kind of what you're known for. Uh, Written by Jeff Lemire, art by Andrea Sorrentino and Marcelo Maiolo. Art is just what we saw in the Secret Wars miniseries. Love it. Love it. And we have Jeff Lemire stepping into writing uh, after Brian Bendis did the miniseries. And Lemire is turning out some fantastic work at Marvel these days. Oh, God, yeah. Between this and extraordinary X Men, he's he's up there with Al Ewing for MVP. I would say.
0: Yeah, he's doing phenomenal work. I noticed that as well, and Hawkeye too. Hawkeye's still pretty good. I actually know when I'm, I'm
1: behind. It's it's one of those things, and this is exactly what I said to somebody who was asking about it. I'm like, it's good. It's an interesting read, but it's not Hawkeye, right? And like, it's 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 just impossible shoes to fill. Yeah, but what we're seeing here on Old Man Logan. I love that they're flashing back and forth between modern day and you know, his alternate future because say what you will about Mark Bellar as a writer now. When he wrote Old Man Logan, he created a hell of a world that we've been saying for years we wanted to go back and explore. So getting more little hints of exactly what went on in that future, especially from Wolverine's point of view, has been – An absolute treat and then balancing that out against him in the modern world and how – dude ain't doing too well mentally. (laughs) The only problem that I have and it's
0: surprising because he's writing both of them is that this is not the same old man Logan that we're seeing in Extraordinary X-Men
1: and i don't know if that's a positive or a negative
0: but it doesn't make sense it's because
1: on one hand i see it as like two different sides of the same character and and i'm also going to assume this is before gene kind of met up with him so there might be a little time shiftiness but on the other hand it's also it shows some pretty good writing ability that he can write two vastly different interpretations of the same character but uh, okay fine i can appreciate
0: that but they're both presumably in the same time. Mm -hmm. I mean, we got totally awesome Hulk here, which is kind of same time frame and whatnot. So this is happening at the same time. So for, for me, as I'm reading it and you've got two radically different Wolverines, then it's not good writing. You're not, you know, if, if this, if you point blank said, listen, this is taking place at this time. And this is taking place at this time that I'd be okay, whatever. But it's, two different like even if we saw this as this is occurring before the events of extraordinary extraordinary X-Men number one kind of thing this Wolverine at least at this stage certainly he'll change and before mm-hmm. he meets Gene but is nowhere near the same character as the one that we see in issue one of extraordinary like it's not even remotely close so for me that's a, a disconnect that is I, I can't like I mean, it's it's small nitpicking, of course, because mm-hmm. I, absolutely I, I absolutely adore agree, both of them. It's just that it's that freaking stupid time wonky thing that Marvel does so well, so that things are presumably happening at the same time, but uh, not really. And
1: so, see, I, I can absolutely see your point of view, but again, for me, it's I I want to see the journey of you know what happens in this comic, you know, to see how he becomes at least slightly nicer and and. You Know obviously he's going to be a different character when he's hanging out with Gene. I mean, that's just a given, so I but I uh, the just actual so
0: much more bland and extraordinary. I mean, oh, yes, it, L- 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 Logan and Logan
1: in here. Holy crap! And it's, uh, it's almost like Jeff Meyer goes, You know what? I could do all my Wolverine stuff in another comic, so I'm just gonna put him there because he's gonna sell stuff. Instead, we're gonna tell this depressing ass story about Nightcrawler.
0: Yeah, well, yeah but no the 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 one in old man logan that that wolverine has layer upon layer mm-hmm. of depth to him that's just phenomenal to read whereas in extraordinary he's kind of a character of caricature of who old man logan is supposed to be
1: mm-hmm. yeah but here in the spe- specifically in the solo series what we see of him carrying that weight and that burden not just of you know what he did because that's been you know the crux of the old man logan character is you know him killing the x-men but what he didn't do and and seeing you know him as a passive observer as this world just continues to go to crap and now (laughs) in this place where he feels he can do something about it like The scene where he goes up against, like, that D-list villain who was mean to his son one day, like, it was uncomfortable because he was absolutely in the wrong in that scene, but it was also very powerful as well. In the wrong, but as a
0: parent, Mm -hmm. which is something that you always overlay over any media that you're watching that revolves around that kind of thing, as a parent, that's always there. You can't just switch that off. And as a parent, you're looking at it and go... Yeah, I would do in a heartbeat if it if it was something as serious as, OK, he's going to die because of this kind of thing. Yep. Guess what, buddy? Yeah, I don't care if you haven't done it yet. You're gonna. That's good enough for me.
1: Bye bye. <laughs> so, yeah, it was. I, I bought it entirely. Hulk, mm-hmm. line and sinker. Uh, the second issue, him going up against Hulk, uh, the Amadeus Cho version of Hulk. And it's it, it is what it is. It was basically a big action scene, but I, actually I liked it a lot. Oh, it it was good. But, I mean, compared to the, the drama and the character stuff of the first issue and then how happy I got when he's trying to figure out who to turn to. And, of course, it's Hawkeye. Like, I just got, like, a, a nice little, like, warm, tingly. It was like, oh, of course it's going to be Clint. <laughs> yeah, but that's what this entire issue is. I mean, it's
0: Wolverine versus Hulk, which we've mm-hmm. seen how many freaking times? It's everywhere. But, but we've never seen it like this. Never like this. And with Cho instead, which – made this really interesting dynamic as Mm -hmm. well. And then of course, when you tack on the Hawkeye stuff, which then ties into the actual old man Logan stuff, it was like, yeah, you're really invested in this IP. You, you get it. The, I shouldn't say IP, but you know what I mean? This, the old man Logan world kind of thing. You get it, you've immersed yourself in it and you, you get the references that we want, not just from Wolverine, but also from that series. So yeah, it's, I Again, it's one of the series right now that it's like I can't wait for the next issue to come out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fantastic, fantastic stuff. Absolutely and the art. Fantastic.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah, it's it's at the point where we can't say more about it because we've been talking about it for months from the Secret Wars miniseries. It's, it's fantastic.
0: It's one of the best things to come out of Secret Wars, at least for me. And so, yeah. it's. Great. I wouldn't even say one of. Yeah, it's,
1: it's quite the, possible, yeah, because it's 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 really the only thing that's carried Secret Wars into the uh, the new version of the Marvel Universe in a way that matters. Yeah, that, like that. and you know Miles is about it. Yeah, and, and even then,
0: as much as I love Miles, which I obviously do, the Miles in quote unquote our world is not having the impact that old man Logan in our world has had, not even mm-hmm. by a long shot, which is saying a hell
1: of a lot. All right. And then aside from that, I just wanted to throw in something else to talk about a comic. I've actually been really anticipating power man and iron fist written by David Walker art by Sanford green and Lee Lawfridge. And again, this was a comic where for me, the artwork was front and center from the minute it was announced with it, It's very unlike a lot of what we've seen from marvel it's dirty it's distorted it but god it's stylish and i love it at the same time
0: i agree
1: i mean luke is not even remotely human shaped in this comic and i don't care because it it's it's just stylistic interpretation i i like when we can have different artists have different interpretations of the same character that look nothing alike but At the same time, it's immediately identifiable, and it's a way of drawing a character will have such a huge effect on just the way the series feels, and it's such a visual medium that when you have an art style that matches with the story they want to tell of this more like kind of weird descent into the street level of Marvel stuff, I mean, really getting into some of those obscure Luke Cage characters from the 70s, which... That's going to be a delicate tightrope to walk, but we'll see how it goes. I, and it it was just a very irreverent comic to me as well. I mean, the dialogue between the two of them and then throwing Jessica in there and the cursing, the fiddle faddle. I,
0: that actually I, got on my nerves. I won't lie.
1: Yes, it, it will get real old real quick. It, it was a fun joke. It let it go. it's but it's it was a very enjoyable comic to read i love both these characters i adore them together and i i'm really really excited that i enjoyed the first issue this much
0: I loved it as well I did I really enjoyed it I liked the art style as well the character designs because it creates such a contrast between the two of them the mm-hmm. exceptionally large black man and the tiny white dude and when you see them together with Luke's arm around him and stuff like that and, and it just makes the scenes the panels that much more dynamic because you have this insane contrast between the two of them so I, I loved it I absolutely adored it The writing was great. Danny is hysterical in this. And then you've got Luke being the straight band to him kind of thing. And, I mean, they kind of play on some cliches, of course, with the person screwing him in the end. And that fiddle faddle crap, I I got no patience for that kind of thing. And it's, I mean, it was even just to toss it out once, in my opinion, is too much. But when you keep going back to that, oh, God. So that got just point blank
1: off my nerves. But
0: other than that, phenomenal. I loved it.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, the the stuff with Tombstone was great. Like, <laughs> and then you know, it, it's just such an in in retrospect, like it's one of those things where at, in the scene as it's playing out, you know, no problem at all. Luke's trying to be professional, he's trying to be courteous, and then you know, essentially walking in with a weapon of mass destruction, and the just yeah. in the fact that Danny's there at all, it's one of those things where you look back at the scene and you go, oh, of course, and it was clever. Yeah, and I, I loved it. I I love these guys. <laughs> the The constant, you know, Danny trying to get the band back together. Luke wants nothing to do with it. The, keep bringing in Jessica and their supporting cast, and this is going to be a real fun comic for me. I agree. All right. As for what else we've been reading, I uh, want to start off with Mighty Thor. I've been really enjoying the story, the stuff they're doing with... Um, I've already forgotten her name. Jeez. Jane. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's a hard name to remember. I know. It's... <laughs> But the way that they're showing so many different villainous characters here with Odin and Lofi and Malekith all coming at her from different ways, that a lot of different challenges she has to face as a hero, as well as the stuff going on with Asgard itself with uh, Freya and Sif. A lot of great stuff here. But what really stood out for me in this issue... And I don't know if it was the letterer or the artist, because typically the letterer will do sound effects, but they were so well implemented. I, I don't know if it was Dotterman doing it as part of the art or Joe Sabino uh, doing it as part of the lettering, but it was so expertly handled of, you know, Thor crashing into the ground and the actual dust cloud popping up as the sound effect. Or, you know, Odin crashing his staff into the ground and the cracks, you know, spelling out, you know, know, your typical Marvel weird sound effect. But it was such it was so subtle, but it really made the comic much more cohesive. And I really enjoyed that. It was such a small thing that I really appreciated. Cool. And it wasn't overdone like it was like three or maybe four effects across the whole comic. Which in a Thor comic, you're going to have tons of those ludicrously loud sound effects just by virtue of the fact that it's a Thor comic. Uh, But so they used it sparingly, but they use it to great effect. I didn't get a chance to talk about Spider-Man and Deadpool because that was uh, the issue (laughs) I wasn't here for. I take it you've read the second issue. Of course. Are you still loving it? Oh, my God. It's awesome. (laughs) When he brought out the Deadpool buggy. (laughs) It's it's so goofy so much fun but at the same time i'm hooked on what the hell's going on in the plot line like what's up with parker industries like they're they're very subtly telling what could be a very interesting story for peter and spider-man amidst all this chaos and oh and then bringing miles in yep. as hey your weird friend is here <laughs> oh man like that's that's some of the stuff i'm happy to have like miles's interaction with the rest of the universe now i I don't want too much of it but yeah of course miles is gonna have to have a deadpool moment and this was a good one
0: yeah i agree i this was as good as the first issue loved it and again i'm not a huge deadpool fan but you're pairing him with somebody who normally is that comedic relief so now Peter has to be the, the the straight
1: man to him, and it just comes off really, really good. I loved it. Mm-hmm. And then finally, Sex Criminals, and I, I feel like I talk about this every time a new issue comes out because it's such a fantastic comic. This issue did something that if literally any other comic on the shelves had done it, I would have groaned and face palmed and gone, "You got to be freaking kidding me!" Where. There's an actual scene where just as two characters are about to have a conversation, like the narration goes off the rails and it switches to like six pages of Matt Fraction and Chip Zdarsky talking about the comic. Like they even flat out say, like, you know, Matt's talking about how he's having trouble writing the scene and Chip goes, let's just Chuck Jones it. And if it had been any other comic, it would have been stupid. But this is such an irreverent comic with the way it handles everything (laughs) in its story structure. It just worked so well here because it grew more and more ludicrous as it went on. It's almost as if the writing notes were just (laughs) fraction said six pages of the two of us talking and let chip just flex his comedic muscles, which is one of the, the most amazing parts of that comic is the visual jokes. I'd put it on par, if not above Chew in a lot of respects for the way it does its visual gags. So it, it was just funny. I liked it. But it, out, once it's done, they've glossed over this entire conversation between these two characters. And the, the comic picks up literally with the male character coming back into the scene. And we know something has changed. We know something groundbreaking happened in that conversation. But we don't know what it is. So we're just as lost as he is. So it was also a really clever storytelling thing to get past what would have basically been a lot of exposition and giving us a hook to still be interested in what happened without, you know, really needing to go through it. Hmm. Any other comic would have been terrible. Perfect for sex criminals.
0: I'm still not reading it, so
1: Mm -hmm. I need to. I should. But it's it's, only so so ridiculous. I, I love that comic. What have you got for us this week?
0: Okay, I'm going to go fairly quickly through a bunch of these because there's a bunch that I just wanted to give my two cents on. And, Lightning round, and just because I want to end on something where I might take a little bit more time. Are you reading the uh, Spider Fly effect, the one with uh, Spider Man and Silk? No, I actually haven't. It's that's actually a, That's
1: a digital one, right? Yeah, yeah.
0: It's not bad. It's the the parallax effect isn't kind of perfect, but I mean, whatever. Who cares about that anymore? it's kind of cool. They're, they're going back in time. They don't do time travel nearly as well as what we saw, say in spider verse or things like that, but whatever it's there, but you're having some cool moments with him and Ben, obviously that was bound to happen. So, and Ben's kicking ass. So that's awesome. (laughs) Um, The uh, star Wars, you've been obviously keeping up now. Absolutely. It's one of those where in it, could have been easy for them to slip after such a massive event into kind of into a lull where it's not quite as interesting as what we just saw. Granted, we had issues with how it ended and whatnot, but when you're reading this, you realize it didn't end. The story is just continuing. Mm -hmm. And in my opinion, the stuff in this, especially with Afra, is like, Way more interesting than the ending with Vader. This is what I wanted to see as the ending for freaking Vader down. This was freaking awesome. I loved
1: it. Not to mention Luke and Han's debauchery adventure. Yes, yes,
0: which is you know you got to kind
1: of expect that. Mm-hmm. So, um, Rocket Raccoon and Groot.
0: Yes, man, this is just oh. awesome, awesome stuff. That 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 he would be. Carving himself up to keep everything prison that was on tattoo him.
1: Groot is one of my favorite new character designs, yeah, yeah,
0: and not just that, but again, he keeps carving mm-hmm. them to keep them there. It's like, oh my god, and so yeah, I'm I love the story, I love how it's again being told in flashbacks. And and keeping him interested enough that it's like we're gonna hold off on killing you, <laughs> keep going with your story
1: kind of thing. So it's one of those things where from like page four of the first issue we knew where everything was going, but that hasn't made meant the journey is any less entertaining.
0: Definitely, Web Warriors continues to be freaking awesome mm-hmm. into Lady Spiders era kind of thing and trying to juggle both the action there as well as what is going on. In With Spider-Gwen and whatnot, I, again, this is, right now, this is my favorite Spider-Man comic. Because I'm still not 100% behind everything going on in Amazing, but this is, like, the stuff in Spider-Gwen itself, meh. Even the last issue, meh. It really didn't care. Freaking Web Warriors,
1: awesome stuff. I'm still really digging Amazing. They're just doing stuff that I like, but... Yeah. I'm not going to say you're wrong about web warriors being the best. Yeah.
0: I hate fairyland.
1: Number five. <laughs> that was awesome. I, he, he pulled a fast one on me. I thought it was over. I was very upset. I, <laughs> it was one of those
0: where again, you're like thinking of everything that's happened so far in the first four issues. How, how can you top that? You mean you took out the moon in the first issue? How are you going to top that? Well, of course, you're going to take the sun out. (laughs) But just that fight between the two of them, that that ultimate good versus ultimate evil, and then taking it, of course, too far. I freaking adored it. And there's panels here that I would frame this. Like some of this truly psychotic. Or you're just going to
1: wallpaper your room. Oh, yeah,
0: Really? Like when she sucks up all of the, like the unicorn and everything that's thrown at her. And then she's got that look and her eyes are glowing wide. It was like, oh my God, I would frame that. And it's so bloody awesome. Uh, did you read The Dark and Bloody? It's nope. a Vertigo new number one. It is freaking awesome. Mm. Um. I think it was the number one that I read. Or is it? Anyways, it's freaking – yeah, it is. It was freaking awesome. I really enjoyed it a lot. Like it's – I was wondering what kind of story it would be because, you know, I thought ah they're going to try to play off a horror story and that really doesn't always play off well in comics. It's kind of hard to do, but it's it's kind of a supernatural story going on. But it's also got elements of of reality as well. And it's just, I I really dug the setting. I dug how it was written. It was written really quite well. It was actually really quite good. Really quite good. Nice. So yeah, new uh, Vertigo one that's uh, worth reading. Yeah, it was number one. Um, Batman and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, latest one. Number three. Yep. God. That's the one that every month, (laughs) first in line, I will buy that son of a bitch. And it was awesome. Continues to not disappoint. I I just absolutely adored it. This needs to be a regular thing forever. (laughs) Not just a little team up so many issues. No. We need this all the time. Which one was it that was riding the dinosaur? Michael, I had to be Mike. Mikey, it was riding the dinosaur. (laughs) But yeah, I... God and the art once again. Robot Alfred. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> <It's> so lifelike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, anyways, that's good enough. And sticking with Batman. What did you think about Batman becoming Batman again?
1: I this was the issue that needed to happen. Doesn't mean I particularly enjoyed the way it was done. This was the Band-Aid that you just had to rip off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there was no good way to do this, so here you go.
0: And it's a Band-Aid on an especially hairy part of your body that's going to hurt like hell as they rip it all off just because it was... And that was this. It was contrived crap. I really didn't like it. I knew it was coming. Mm-hmm. I even knew how they were going to do it, and I did not like it one bit it's not a heroic moment where bruce is stepping up it's not a heroic moment where batman is stepping up and claiming back his mantle it's just a contrived story element that was complete and utter i'm sorry i love your work snyder but this was not even remotely close to anything that could pass as good i i'm sure there's a lot of people who will disagree but man i just thought it was horrible yeah, I am. okay. Latest Lucifer? Did you read that? Have you I, I, I still haven't, haven't caught been. up. No. Okay. Well, issue three came out just as good as the others. Cool. Just I, as I'm going to dive into that. It, it was again. It's it's. I think it's phenomenal. I really really enjoy it. I, I like the writing. I like the characters and how they they kind of bounce off of each other. It's. Uh, I, I really enjoyed it a lot, which is very surprising. Okay. Lastly. The Deadpool movie. So you said you didn't see it. I did. I'm actually seeing it tonight. Oh, are you? OK, good. OK, I'm curious. I'm not going to be spoiling anything by any stretch. I, I think
1: you'd have to work real hard to ruin the Deadpool movie. See, I'm not that, going for the detailed storytelling. See,
0: that's the thing, too, because I watched it. And as I'm watching it, too, and and afterwards. Now, this is this is so huge. It's unbelievable. And I quite literally mean it's unbelievable because I watch it and I'm like, I don't understand why this is doing as well. I kind of understand the why. It wasn't that good. (laughs) Like it's not that it should be like that revered and that many people going to see it that it's that big a deal because I'm watching and going like "It, it wasn't bad. At no point did I think, well, that was stupid or that was bad. It really, it wasn't. It, it it was good, but there was no no point where I thought, "Well, this sucks." Which for a Deadpool movie says a hell of a lot. Mm-hmm.
1: And, and one of, you look at it, the movie had fantastic marketing, and that's part of the problem. And it put I don't a th- lot of butts in the seats, and people went okay, that was worth my 90 minutes.
0: It, 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 I don't think the marketing was good because they put damn near any scene that really was hysterical mm-hmm. in those trailers or in clips somewhere. So as I'm watching it, there was literally one scene where I chuckled out loud and it was a chuckle it wasn't really laugh loud. That's it. And the other scenes, some of which would have been very funny to see, we already saw them like 37 times watching the trailers over or different clips about it. So instead of putting in new material for their marketing, they just use clips from the show. So, I mean, even the, the whole depend in the, in the the cab thing, I thought that was done kind of for the marketing. No, that's pretty much word for word. There's mm-hmm. a little bit here and there that was, that was removed to, to make time, but no, that, that was it. And I was like, oh crap, because, the thing is is that, and we've seen this now following um Reynolds on Twitter or or any other number of interviews he's given or whatever. This dude busted his ass to oh, yeah. want to make this happen and to make it succeed. You're telling me that you couldn't use that and film some new stuff, film some clips specifically just for the marketing, especially with a character like Der- uh, Deadpool, where it's all about breaking that fourth wall. You could have amazing hysterical marketing that then would have left the movie intact so that or reasonably intact so that you weren't spoiling entire scenes, like the entire scene with Colossus getting his ass kicked and the teenager kicking ass and taking names. Well, that was all in trailers. So when you're Mm -hmm. watching it, it was like, well, kind of saw this. So there was too much of that. And then the movie as a whole, again, it just, it was good, but, I don't know. It's just the popularity is so high that it I, I, it kind of boggles my mind. It's nowhere even near a Guardians or even near a Cap 2 or or even Avengers well, that's, 1 kind of
1: that's thing. That's rarefied ground. So. Yeah, <laughs>
0: like, but this is like, making let's, more let's money.
1: Compare it to, say, Ant-Man.
0: And see, that's the thing. I was talking to Joe about this because he loved it. And I went, okay, see, and we were talking about different – Preferences in terms of what we like from superhero shows and all that. And he says he puts this on par with Ant Man, which he loved. And I'm like, okay, see, that explains a lot because Ant Man mm-hmm. I thought was good, but it was
1: okay because I, I adored Ant Man as we've discussed. Yeah, so.
0: so you might like this more than I did. And again, it's not that I didn't like it per se, I did. It just, I, I finished watching it and I'm going, I, I don't get it. I I don't get the fever pitch that it's at because I didn't think it was nearly that good kind of mm-hmm. thing. So I again it was it felt weird watching it and then thinking about it and trying to rationalize what it was about it that left me feeling meh for a lot of it because it some of it justifiably was really good, really funny. And then but most of it we already saw kind of thing. So it was it was kind of weird so, but I mean, talk about amazing special effects and everything too. Like, pff, although I I really wasn't crazy about Colossus in this. I got to tell you, I really kind of wasn't. Well, Let me know what you think. Next week.
1: Tune in next week for yeah. part two of our review of the Deadpool movie. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it for me. All right, then. This week's new releases, uh, our selected version of them, from Marvel, All-New All-Different Avengers number six, Angela, Queen of Hell number five, Hercules number four, Kanan number 11, which is actually ending soon. Really? Mm-hmm. Why? I don't know. I guess they, they've said what they want to say with the character. <sighs> We actually – because my wife is back and
0: so there was like a lot of shows that were recorded that we're now finally getting caught up on and Star Wars Rebels was one of those. So we just chain watched like five (laughs) or six episodes and I was explaining to her like different things that are in the comics that aren't in the TV show and say like once you know these things, it really makes the show shine. Damn, that's Mm. disappointing.
1: Yeah. And then we also have Silk number five from DC, Batman and Robin Eternal number 21, Dark Knight three, The Master Race number three, Justice League number 48. Been waiting for that issue. Superman number 49. And we are Robin number nine. From Image, Black Magic number five, Chew number 55, Saga number 34, and Wayward number 14. Solid week from Image. IDW brings us Back to the Future number five, Ghostbusters International number two, Gem and the Holograms number 12, Star Trek number 54, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number 55, and Transformers number 50. And then finally from Valiant, Bloodshot Reborn number 11, and Faith number two. So that's going to wrap us up here at Comic Book Informer. As always, you can find us online at comicbookinformer.com or on Twitter at CBN Informer. And until next week, thanks for listening.
0: It's actually cb Informer, not CBN Informer.
1: Listen, (laughs) that was such a minor little tick. I mean, seriously.
0: I'm just saying you, what you I gotta heard. Call that out? I you damn right. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> uh, and I thought this was just going to end on a, you know, reasonably happy note. No, it ends on a joyous note that you screwed up.
1: <laughs> I didn't screw up. That was not a screw up. That was not I'm going to loop this four or five
0: up. times right now. <laughs> Okay. Talk to you later. (laughs) Make sure to stop by comicbookinformer.com and let the guys know what you think in the comments. If you'd like to hear more from Roger and Vince, check out Popcorn Ronin, a bi-weekly movie, TV, and anime podcast, as well as For the Lore, a weekly gaming podcast.
1: CB and informer